Blessings to you, my friend. This is Pastor McGee with Empowerment Ministries Christian Center, and you're listening to Empower the City Podcast. I pray today that your hearts are blessed, minds renewed, and you are infused with the passion to serve God like never before. Blessings to you, and enjoy the message. For the past couple of weeks, we've been dealing with this idea of barriers to relational and racial reconciliation. And I think that it has been an extreme blessing. And by the way, all of those messages are um, on the podcast. And um, uh, I, I encourage you you all to download those, those thoughts into your spirit because as the year goes on, there will be other events that will transpire, some locally, others around the nation, that would cause the believers to try to take sides. I'm reminded of, of Joshua when, when he approached the angel of the Lord, he asked him the question, are you for us or are you against us? And the angel who represents God himself, he says, neither. And too many times in the body of Christ, when something racial goes down, we become polarized. White folk over there, black folk over here, or something else goes on and it divides the house of God. The world can be divided, but the church should not. Can somebody say amen to that? The final scripture that we rested on, and I was really excited about this particular message, in Acts chapter number 6, where there's something going on, the Bible declares the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being neglected. Now, there are several things that could be highlighted within this particular text. Either there's a prejudice thing going on, classism, racism, or a, a, a cliquishness that's going on amongst the church. And it was such a blessing to just get an understanding of what it means to be clickish. Not going to re-preach the message. You can listen to it on the podcast. What I want to focus on today, and this will launch us into a new series of thought. I don't want to focus on the things that divide us, that some of the attitudinal sins, prejudice and classism, racism, the things that divide us. I want to focus on the, the answer, the thing that the, the apostles recommended that unified them together. Can somebody say amen to that? Here's the issue we have. We have these Hebraic Jews that are overlooking, that are neglecting the Hellenistic Jews. The answer is in verses number three. He says, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of, somebody shout, full of the Spirit. Full of the Spirit and wisdom. Five says they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Spirit. KJV says Holy Ghost. That sounds so much spooky, Holy Ghost. So we want to answer the question. There's two parts to this message that I want to deal with today. First of all, I want to answer the question exactly who is the Holy Spirit. And then I want to highlight five roles that he has in our lives. Now, understand that this is an excellent conversation for us as a church family to have because we are a growing, we are a growing com uh, uh, congregation. And when you have a growing congregation, you have many, peoples from many, many people from many backgrounds that come and depending upon your denomination, your doctrine, your teaching, your background determines what you know or don't know about the Holy Spirit. So, so there are two extremes and then everybody else kind of falls somewhere in the middle. Two, two extremes. The first extreme is you heard you were taught nothing exegetically about the Holy Spirit. You heard about him. There were scriptures that had his name in them that you heard read. There were songs that were sung about him, but ha having a, a sit-down exegetical teaching about who the person of the Holy Spirit is, some of you guys have received none. And then there's the opposite extreme, and I somewhat kind of fall in that extreme where you heard a lot about the Holy Spirit, but there were certain things that were attributed to him that wasn't him. 
I don't believe when you receive the Holy Spirit, you got to go to the hospital because you broke your arm. I don't believe that he was so violent that he made you run into a wall and you're, I'm trying to help somebody in this place. So, so we, we want to we wanna teach, and, and we're going to fall somewhere in the, the middle, and, and I believe it's going to be a blessing to the people of God. Can somebody say amen to that? Amen. So three things that I want to highlight. This first thing, it is not uh, grammar, gra- gra- grammatically correct, but it's true. He is a him. <laughs> Let me go ahead and say it again. He's a him. He's not an it, he's not just a force or some power. He empowers the believer, but he himself is not just some power. He is a a him. John 14, 17 says, the spirit of truth, the the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him for he lives within you and and, and, and will be in you. Matthew 28, 19, this is why this is so important. Jesus says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Understand, we we can readily uh, recognize the person of the Father. That's a... That's the term of endearment, the Father. We, we, we relate to the Spirit of God, uh, excuse me, to the Son of God personally because he walked on the earth. But, but the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit is a part of the Godhead as well. And, and watch this. If, if you're taking notes, jot this down. When you see him as a person, person not flesh and blood, but personality. When you see him as a person, you can more readily relate to him personally. Can somebody say amen to that? So not only is he a person, a him, he is, somebody shout, he is God. Now this is interesting in Acts chapter number five, verses number three, the Bible declares, then Peter said, Ananias, how is it that Satan has so filled your heart that you have lied to the Holy Spirit? Verses four says, didn't it belong, didn't it belong to you before it was sold? And after it was sold, wasn't the money at your personal disposal? What made you think, look at this, of doing such a thing, you have not lied just to human beings, but who did you lie to? Verse number, thir- verse, verse number three says you lied to the Holy Spirit. Verse number four, he clarifies it and he says, when you lied to the Holy Spirit, who did you lie to? He lied to God. Number three, he lives inside of every born again believer. Now this is good news because as a Christian, I need you to hear my heart on this. I am not a Christian just because I follow the tenets of the faith, not just because I read the Bible or I try to align my life up with the Bible. I am a believer because the Spirit of God abides on the inside of me. I want to help somebody in this place. Romans 8.16 says, For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. Understand, at the moment of salvation, at, at that split second, When you acknowledge Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, the Spirit of God invades your human. There is an abiding presence. That's why there's so much joy at that moment of salvation. Because the Spirit of God invades your human spirit. John 14, 17, this is so good. The Spirit of truth, the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him because he lives. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, if you are a believer, the Spirit of God abides on the inside of you. Somebody shout, that's good news. He lives. Let's tie it back to the first one. God lives on the inside of me. I have the abiding presence of God dwelling with me everywhere I go. Can somebody say amen to that? 
So that's who he is, but, but, but I want to focus for the next few moments on what his role is because this is why relationships don't work. Sometimes marriages, sometimes friendships, they don't work because you know who the person is, but you don't know why they're in your life. When you're a wife and don't know how to relate to your husband, when you're a husband don't know how to relate to your wife, when you're a mother don't know how to relate to your children, if you don't know what your role is, sometimes you'll wind up abusing or misusing the person that you say that you love. So the Holy Spirit lives on the inside of us. He is an abiding presence in the heart of every believer, and it behooves us to know what his role is. Can we dive into this, y'all? I'm so excited about this. Five roles of the Holy Spirit. Here is number one. If you're taking notes, man, take good notes today. Number one, he reveals the personal will of God for your life. His role is, is that he reveals what God has in store for you. 1 Corinthians 2 and 9 says, But as it is written, I have not seen, nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. And how many know God has prepared things for everybody? I don't care who you are. God speaks to Jeremiah, and he says, before you, were bo before you were formed in your mother's belly, before you came out of her womb, I had already ordained you to be a prophet unto the nation. If God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore, all of our lives, he's already said, before your mama ever got with your daddy, before mama ever got with papa, I knew you, and not only did I know you, I already had a preordained plan for your life. God is, not playing, God is not playing a guessing game with you. You might wake up in the morning and say, I wonder what I'm going to do today. But when you wake up, God says, I already got something for you to do today. Can you say amen to that? So the Bible declares, your eyes have not seen and your ears have not heard, and neither have it entered into your heart the things that God has. Somebody shall prepared. Now, that's, a, that's an awesome word because there's an ED at the end of that word. And, and whenever you add ED, that means it's past tense. That means he's already set it up for you. Understand, your life is mapped out from the womb all the way to the tomb. There is no guessing game with God. He already knows what he wants to do with your life. Verse 10 says, but God has revealed them unto us by his what, y'all? By what, y'all? By his spirit, if you're taking notes, jot this down. Purpose is not discovered in the sense realm, but only in the spirit realm. You can see things, you can hear things, you can imagine things, but if you really want to know what your purpose is on the earth, you can't get them in the sense realm because sense alone, they'll lead you astray because you'll see what God is doing in somebody else's life and you'll want to do that because it looks good when God can have something greater in store for you. I want to help somebody in this place. Yeah, let me give you a quick testimony. My, my son, my son, my son, my son, Greg Stephen McGee Jr. is playing ball like his daddy. You ain't gotta say amen. You ain't gotta say amen, watch this. You ain't gotta say amen, that was a dunk. <laughs> Boy's playing crazy. The cameraman like, come on. Watch this. I told my son several years ago, I said, look here, man. He, you, you looking up to LeBron. You looking up to LeBron. But if you ever tap into what God has to, for you, LeBron will be looking up to you. Y'all like, LeBron will be like, I wish I was doing that in 11th grade. You understand? 
purpose is discovered not in the sense realm, not in you just looking at everybody else's life and trying to be what, no, 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 no. There is something special that God has, has already prepared for you, and it's only until you tap into that realm do you receive revelation. I want, let me back up, let me back up, let me back up, because watch this. The things which God has, what y'all? Prepared, what? Prepared. Watch this. So ED is at the end of prepared, meaning that he has already planned it out for you. Watch verse number 10. God has what, y'all? Have what now? ED is at the end of reveal, which means what he has for you is already in the spirit realm. Y'all ain't saying nothing in this place. It's already there. God waiting on you to tap in. Watch this. Ooh, John 16, 13, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He's ready. Somebody shout, right now. I'm telling you, the spirit of God that abides on the inside of you is ready right now to tell you what's next. Can somebody say amen to that? So the Spirit of God, number one, he reveals God's personal will for your life. Number two, he reveals the Bible to you. This is his responsibility. He don't want you to be in the dark when it comes to the word of God. The Spirit of God, when you read, he wants to birth revelation on the inside of you. Because it's only when, oh God, this is so good. It's only when the word becomes a personal revelation to you do you have the power to fulfill it and to walk it out. Now understand what revelation is. Revelation is not something so deep you need scuba gear to go and get. That ain't revelation. This is the simple definition of revelation. Revelation is understanding at your level of comprehension. So what's a revelation to Nathaniel is not necessarily a revelation to me. What's a revelation to me is not necessarily a revelation to Nathaniel because God births understanding at my level of comprehension. And when revelation comes alive to you, I'm talking about your life goes to a whole nother level. Psalms 1, I quote it all the time. You know why I quote it all the time? It is burned on my heart because it is a revelation to me. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. When God birthed that spirit on the inside of me, I got the understanding if I obey the word of God and I diligently adhere to the word of God day and night, everything that I touch has to turn to gold. That was a personal revelation that he gave me. I was at a critical point in my life. Crazy about this girl and her little daughter. Wanted to marry her, but her brother was broke. And she high maintenance too, whether she admitted or not high maintenance. Yeah, she ain't gonna admit it. I say, God, I want to be the man of the house and take care of my family. What do I need to do? I went to apply for my first job right out of college, and I was meditating on this scripture. If you will meditate in the word of God day and night, your leaf shall not wither. God help me in this place. And whatsoever you do shall prosper. I walked into that interview, and I said, according to your word, God, whatever I do shall prosper. So guess what they got to do? They got to hire a brother up in here. And they ain't just got to hire me. In a few days, they got to promote me. Y'all ain't, y'all ain't. Woo because whatever I do shall what, y'all? Prosper. 
That was a revelation that was birthed into my spirit. Understand 1 Corinthians 12, 14, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are, what y'all? Foolishness unto him, neither can he know them, because they are, what y'all? Spiritually discerned. This is what I want to challenge you to do next time you sit down to, to, to study the Word of God, not just read it, but study it. Before you approach the Word of God, ask the Holy Spirit, birth revelation in my spirit concerning what you're saying. Give me understanding and clarity. When you study the word of God, will you make mental connections? Absolutely, there will be mental connections, but mental connections enough are not enough. That doesn't equate to revelation. Revelation comes from the spirit realm. Can you say amen to that? Amen. John 14, 26, but the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will, watch this, remind you. He will remind you of everything I have have said to you this is why this is why we have gospels this is why we have epistles because the holy spirit reminded the apostles things that they said that's why we have first and second peter that's why we have the book of mark the book of mark mark is one of the disciples of the apostle peter and he transcribed he wrote the testimony of peter concerning jesus he brought those things back to his remembrance and guess what he is still doing the same thing today as 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 believers and as followers he takes the bible and he makes it alive to us Can you say amen to that amen. he reveals God's will to us number two he reveals anybody getting blessed I'm excited about this message here number three his role in our lives is he convicts us of sin He's, he convicts us of sin John 16 7 says but in fact it is best for you that I go away because if I don't the advocate won't come if if I do go away then I will send him to you and when he comes, this is his role. He will, this is good, he will, he will convict the world of its sin. The message says when he comes, he'll expose the error of the godless world, world's view of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Here, here is the issue that we have with conviction because most of the people, when you, you, you talk about conviction, that's the thing that I, I don't like. I don't like about the Holy Spirit, but it's a, it's a necessity of the Spirit of God. And the reason we, we don't like it is because we have a confusion of the role, what conviction actually means. We actually confuse condemnation with conviction. Now, now watch this, watch this. Condemnation shames you for the past wrong actions, whereas conviction exposes the errors of the heart. Now, I need you guys to hear my heart just for a second, especially all of my preachers, teachers, and reachers. If you have any ministry of, of if talking to people, whether it's across the pulpit or personally discipling them, conviction is not your role. Because if you step into the role of conviction, the best you're going to be able to do is condemnation. Now, here's the issue with condemnation. Condemnation is the tool of the devil. Do you know what this tool does? And many of us are ex readily accept the tool of condemnation, and we think we're being spiritual when we shame our own selves. This is what condemnation does. I, I commit a sin that makes my flesh feels good. After committing the sin, I go to a psychological low where I beat myself up for what I've done. Well, when you accept condemnation, if anybody is down, they, wanna, they don't want to stay down. So the next best thing for me to do is to commit the sin again that made me feel good. Which takes me lower the next time because now I'm beating myself up again. And, but I don't want to stay here. The next best thing for me to do is what? Oh, I'm the only one that's ever done that. Y'all like, I don't know what the next step is, preaching. No, no, you know. 
So the spirit of God's role is not to shame you for wrong past action. What he does, oh, this is so good. He exposes errors in your heart. Oh, this is so good. This is why he exposes the errors in your heart. Because Proverbs 23 says, for as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Matthew 12, 34b says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. This is why conviction is important of the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit highlights bad thinking before it becomes bad behavior. Before you ever commit that act, he sees it in your heart, and he begins to deal with that thing that's in your heart. Now, you can override the conviction, but there's a dangerous thing of overriding the conviction. If you override the conviction, that means that you stop him from dealing with the thing that's in your heart. And if, if the seed stays there, if the seed of bitterness, the seed of unforgiveness, the seed of lust, the seed of pride, if it stays there in just a moment, what's in seed form is going to germinate, take root. It's going to grow up, and it's going to produce fruit. And the thing about bitterness, think, the thing about especially attitudinal sins, sometimes they grow and you don't even know that they're growing. Because these type of sins are like buttons in your life that you don't know that they're there until somebody pushes them. And it could be three months or three years before anybody ever, ever pushed that button, but you don't know it, it because you haven't dealt with it in the past three years. Still there. <laughs> And you don't know how bad it's actually gotten until somebody actually pushes that button. And you're trying to figure out, I ain't cussed in 10 years. Why am I cussing now? <laughs> it's been five years since I got high. Why I want to smoke something now? I ain't fought since I was in seventh grade. Why do I want to bust her upside her head? Why I want to bust somebody upside their head? I ain't fought in years. Why I want to do it? You know why? Because there's something that's been growing in your heart that you have rejected con the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And because you have rejected his conviction, although it hadn't bothered you, it's still been growing. I'm trying to help somebody in this place. Somebody shall convict me, Holy Spirit. Con convict your boy. Because if he don't convict... In just a moment, what's just a bad thought? You're going to wind up hurting somebody that you say you love. You're going to wind up doing something that you're going to regret for the rest of your life if you don't adhere to the con conviction of the Holy Spirit. Number four, the Holy Spirit helps us to share our personal testimony and the gospel with others. Now, in his help in sharing, sometimes there is a verbal expression of sharing sometimes there is a gift or some power gift that's associated with you sharing and this is what you need to understand John 15 26 says when the advocate comes I will send to you from the father the spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. So Jesus is saying that the Spirit of God that abides on the inside of you, when he talks, he's going to talk about Jesus. He is the tool that you're going to need, that's gonna, that you're going to use to share. Here, here, let me just get, let me get to the punchline. Here it is right here. Um, God wants everyone to know him, but he has never asked you to take the journey of sharing alone. And this is why some of you guys are intimidated when it comes to sharing the gospel because you're trying to do it within your own strength. God never asked you to do that. Hmm. The next time you're approached by somebody, just simply ask the question, God, what do you want me to say to them? And watch this. It's real easy. It's real, real easy. It's real easy. 
if he don't say nothing, you don't say nothing. Because some of y'all be like, I asked the Holy Spirit to say something, he ain't say nothing. That means you shut up. Because if you do say something, you just might mess it up. Nothing was birthed to my heart. No scripture came to the forefront of my mind. Nothing, nothing was said. So I say nothing. But a lot of times I ask him and he tells me what to say. And I say just, I just said, because watch this. At the end of the day, the Holy Spirit, not you. No, you can, you can be, uh, you can guess. You can, you can. I've seen those with the, the gift of prophecy guess. They've been like, I, I, I see I see a, a, a mother figure in your life, your mother, your mother. Um, is, there, is there a woman that's close to you? What's, what's her name? It starts with the, what's her name? What's, what's, what's your mother's name? <laughs> what's your mother's name? I saw, I saw that. It starts with an M. It starts with the M. Marie, yes, that's it, that's it. And, and, and Marie, she has this issue that's, that's going on. She, she has this issue that's going on with um, um, some, something going on. What's going on with her? What's, is, is, yes, yes, that's, I saw that. That's the, the Holy Ghost is in this place today. He's in this. Some of y'all laughing, but other y'all ain't laughing because y'all seen this craziness before. If he don't show you nothing, shut up. And watch this. If he shows you something, don't be so arrogant to think that he, that's the entire picture. Because the Bible teaches us that when we prophesy, we only prophesy in part. He don't show us the whole thing. And for those of us with the gift of prophecy in here, I, I do not walk in the office of the prophet. I do not. That is not. I am a teacher. That is a teacher and a pastor. That is my office that I'm currently functioning in right now. But there are times when the gift of prophecy will rest upon my life. And, and here is my warning to those who carry the gift of prophecy. When God shows you an image, wait on his interpretation of the image. This is what we get in trouble for those who are prophetic. God will show us something and we will try to interpret what it is that God is trying to say. And sometimes he just shows you the image. And if he shows it to you, wait on what he has to say about that particular thing. Can you say amen to that? Amen. How I get on that? I don't know. <laughs> the Holy Spirit wants to help you to share your testimony. Sometimes it's through words, sometimes it's through action. I'll never forget years ago uh, when I had my insurance company, um, I, I, went, I went to visit this particular business. And um, uh, while I was in there, I was waiting on the owner. And, and the, lady, the lady said, it started raining. And the lady said, oh, I hate when it rains. And I said, what, what's, up with, what's up with that? Because I, it was like one of those dry summers. And I was excited <laughs> that it was raining. Uh, so she said, I hate when it rains. I said, why, why do you say that? She says, when it rains, my bones hurt. And so she begins to tell me about this event that she had, and, and uh, she went through all of this whatever treatment, and, and she's better now, but there's some side effects. Her, bone hurt, her bones hurt when it rains. And I asked her a question. I wasn't trying to be super deep. Ooh, watch, watch this, watch this. When it comes to the miracles of God, the Bible declares that miracles are by the Spirit's will. So if it's by the Spirit's will, that means it's not by your will. So God can heal who he wants to heal when he wants to heal them. Can you say amen to that? So if I pray for somebody, understand, when I pray for somebody, I'm never intimidated or ashamed if God doesn't move when I expect him to or want him to or if he chooses not to move at all. Because miracles are by his will. So I just asked her, can I pray for you? Because that's what the Bible teaches us that we ought to do. We ought to pray and just believe, just have faith. 
And when we pray and have faith, we put it in God's hand to do whatever he wants to do. Can you say amen to that? So I just asked the question, can I, can I pray for you? And you know what she had a nerve to say? I, I, she, said, she said, sure, if prayer is going to do anything. I got excited. Like, we finna, God, you heard that, didn't you? She said, if you can do anything. You know what that sounds like to me? You know what that sounds like to me? It sounds like, sound like Jesus, here's my son that your disciples could not cast this demon out. If you can do anything. So I said, well, let's, let's just pray. And I took her by the hand. I said, Father, hasha tabaka. No, I ain't, I, ain't, I ain't do that. I ain't do that. I ain't do all that. I ain't do that. <laughs> yeah, that's too funny. <laughs> she would have been like, no, hashabat, no, 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 no. I said, Father, in Jesus' name, you see what's going on in this woman's body. God, I'm asking you to manifest your presence. Wrap your arm around her. Touch, touch her body now. In Jesus' name. Real simple prayer. When I finish, she started doing this. I said, what's wrong with you? <laughs> she said, the pain is gone. Guess what that did for me? Now let me talk to you about the Jesus that just touched your body and took your... I didn't do that. He did that. Yeah. You know... Oftentimes, that is my ministry strategy when I get ready to witness to somebody. I just ask them, is there anything that I can pray for you about? Usually nine times, there are rare occasions when people say no. I've had people say, no, I don't, I don't need prayer. I'm good. I don't, whatever. But, but on, on, on many occasions, people say, yes, you can pray for me. And, and it'd be crazy. I'll pray and nothing spooky, nothing crazy. But as I'm praying, I'll hear words and I'll begin to just see, speak the words that I'm hearing and they'll say, how did you know? How did I know what? How did you know about this issue in my life? Guess what it does? It opens, opens up a door for me to now talk about Jesus. So sometimes he just gives you words, and then there are other times when he wants to manifest a particular gift through your vessel that blesses that person. Can you say amen to that? Amen. What number we on, y'all? Did we cover number four? What's number four? What's number three? What's number two? What's number one? That's good. Here's number five. The Holy Spirit. All this stuff is good. Again, this is, this is what has made and is making our relationship work is because... <laughs> Don't touch my hand. You just, I just thought about something made me mad. <laughs> I was getting ready to compliment us. I'm taking that back. Because watch this. The thing that blesses us is the same thing that hinders us. What blesses us is that we know what our roles are, and because we know, we selflessly assume our roles. When relationship doesn't work, touch my man. Yeah. He in the Holy Ghost coma. <laughs> when relationships don't work, this is why they don't work. 
is because oftentimes you don't know your role, you just assume your role, or you think the other person ought to know what to do, and you've never actually communicated. So me and my wife fell out. Actually, she fell out. I was okay. I didn't fall out. <laughs> I'm finna get in trouble. I better back up. I want to back up. Yeah. <laughs> I ain't scared. I ain't scared. <laughs> so I didn't know for our anniversary that we took turns planning it. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't know that. So last year she planned it. Year before that, I planned it. So it was this year, my turn to plan. I didn't know we was taking turns. I didn't know that. I just thought, I just got an idea. I'm just going to roll with it. So, so, you know, when I didn't do what she expected me to do, you know we take turns. No, I did not know that. So a brother was in the doghouse for something I didn't even know I was supposed to do. Relationships work best when you know what your role is. Relationships break down when you don't know what your role is or you assume the other person ought to know what your role is. And we got roles in my house, and I don't even argue about it. This stuff, hey, I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's part of the chivalry stuff. She, her hand don't touch the trash can. I, I, okay. At all. I mean, her hands work like mine, but I ain't never complained. I ain't never said that, though. I ain't never said that. She can pull up them straps. Take, I mean, she can do all that. They work. I'm just saying. I, I ain't never said that, though, but I thought it a whole... <laughs> Watch this. Holy Spirit bring conviction right now. <laughs> we, got, we got roles. We got roles in our house. <laughs> Let me stick to my text. So relationships work best when you understand what your role is and you seek to self, somebody shout selflessly. Selflessly fulfill your role. Relationships break down when you don't know what your role is or you just assume what the role is. So this is a very important relationship. This is a very important discussion that we're having today. Here's the fifth and final role that I want to highlight today. The Holy Spirit, his role is, his role is to be your very best friend. That's what he want to be, man. He want to be your very best friend. Look at, look at the, I want you to look at the language of the text. John 14, 16, KJV says, this is good. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another, somebody shout comforter. Comforter that he may abide with you forever. 16 NIV says, and I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you. But before I deal with those two terms, comforter, KJV, advocate, NIV, I want to just highlight the word another, another. See, when the disciples heard this, what they were hearing Jesus say, everything that I've been to you, he will be. Everything that I've been to you naturally in the flesh, 
this another that's coming after me is going to be. Here's the question. Did the disciples ever go hungry? If they needed a meal, not only could they get fed, but they could feed 5,000 other men besides women and children. Did the disciples, they did fear, but did they ever have to fear? When they were on the boat, and a storm, a tempest arose, and they go down in the bottom of the boat, and they say, Jesus, save us for we perish. Like Jesus finna die on the boat with y'all. Are you crazy? <laughs> Jesus woke up out of his nap like, like his son Greg did on that airplane. <laughs> and you know what I said when I woke up? No, I ain't say that. I, I was a little scared. I was just a little bit. They didn't have to fear because Jesus was with them. Peter, come! And Peter does something impossible because Jesus was with them. Every time they tried to kill Jesus and the disciples, he would always, matter of fact, they didn't just kill Jesus. Jesus says, no man takes my life. Lay it down. And as long as you with me, you good. But I'm going away to be with the Father. So I won't be able to be with you in physical form. And in all actuality, it's crazy because the language, the language that Jesus uses, he, he says in essence, it's better for me to go. You know why? Because physically, I can only be with you 12. But if the spirit of truth comes, who can be in every human heart, every believer's heart, this same presence, this same power, this same sustainability that I have, that you have with me, he'll have with all of y'all and for generations to come. You have that other on the inside of you. And the scripture declares that, watch this, KJV says another comforter, NIV says advocate. The, 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 the word in the Greek is parakletos, which means one who is called alongside to assist. When, 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 when I could just imagine the disciples bursting into tears when they heard this Greek word, parakletos, because this is the word in the Greek. You use this word, I need a parakletos. You use this word whenever you approach something that's too heavy for you to bear. I need a parakletos. I need someone to come alongside of me and help carry something that's, that's too big for me to carry. The Spirit of God lives on the inside of you, and he is always there to help you carry stuff that's too heavy for you. And the reality is, if you're tripping today, if you're stressed out today, if you're overwhelmed today, it might be because you're trying to carry something on your own. Well, I hope you enjoyed the podcast today. And if you did, there are just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe to our show. That way, the most recent episodes will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this ministry has impacted your life in any way and you'd love to help us to continue to impact the lives of others, go to our website, empowerthecity.org, and select Give Now. Thank you again for listening to this podcast. We'll see you next time.